Hi, this is Marilyn Ball with Speaking of Travel, and I'm here at HempEx at Franny's Farm out in Leicester, North Carolina. I'm here with Franny. I'm also here with Dana Ruggiero. She's with the Climate Listening Project. We've had a Climate Listening Project series on Speaking of Travel for the last couple of years. Dana, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I love you, Marilyn. I'm so excited to be here at Franny's Farm with you today. And of course, here's Franny. Hello, and I'm excited to be here too at Hempex with everybody. Well, I think Hempex is the perfect venue. Franny's Farm is the perfect venue for Hempex. You're growing hemp, and you've got people here from all over the world. I met a woman last night from Croatia. Uh It's awesome. Tell us a little bit about Hempex and how it all got started, Franny. Well, this is the fourth year of the festival, and the first two were mostly about political actions and awareness to even get it legalized in our state. And so in 2017, when it became legal for farmers to grow hemp in North Carolina, I was the first female farmer to plant the hemp seed. Legally, I will say. And we decided at that point we needed to change the focus of what HempEx was about to become educational for farmers and people that were in the industry. So it changed a lot from vendors and and a political activist uh, genre theme into now we have farmer panels and soil specialists and attorneys and educators from and Hemp History Week inductions, these people that have been leading the industry for decades across the country that come out and give people good action, political, legal, entrepreneurial, what are we doing? Let's figure it out. And the collaborative of people here across all professions is innovation entrepreneurship at its finest, what this country was founded on. Well, let me ask you because I feel that hemp is still uh, in people's heads uh, an uncertainty. What is it? Even though it's been around for so long and it was like the original crop and it serves so many purposes, I think there's still an educational component that people need to understand about what the hemp crop is, what the benefits are, and why it is finally legal. We are coming out of about 80 years of federal cannabis prohibition. It has come in and out of favor depending on the economic and political nature of what's going on in our country. We are now at a very critical time because people are with the internet and all the ways to get information becoming aware and once you know, you cannot unknow. So more and more people know that hemp it has it looks the same as marijuana it smells the same as marijuana they're of the same family and species it does not have the cannabinoid thc which is the only one out of tons that will get you high so it has all these benefits that are researched and documented that as and physicians and educators can actually give information on that um but people are becoming aware it is not the one that will get you high. And it's everywhere. People are trying it in all sorts of different methods and sharing the news. So it's a very grassroots revival. It's restoring what we knew back what this country was founded on in this crop. Absolutely. And it has so many medical uh, advantages as well. I know I've been um, giving my cat 
CBD oil, which is derived from the hemp plant, uh, for the last month to help her with some illness. And it's just remarkable to see the benefits uh, in a month time of a cat who is very sick. And so not only is it working for animals, but for, for people it has huge benefits. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I like to tell everything through testimonials, and this is why the education component is so important. Because as people, even though I'm a grower, a farmer, we take this vertically integrated, we process, we bring our own products, we are not physicians. Therefore, we do not dose recommend or suggest. We have books that we reference you to when you come in. The stories are what sell, so try it. It is instant. I have heard more stories everywhere. We share them. But that is what is selling this product right now. And it's out there in all sorts of different ways for people to consume from edibles to using tinctures to smokables. And different people react different ways. And so try it. There's not anything adverse that would happen to you. And create your own story. The stories are what tell what's going on. Yeah. So Dana, let's talk a little bit about uh, the environment and how hemp is working with the environment. You do a lot of research about climate change and uh, sustainable living. Let's address that issue a little bit. Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of hurricanes um, that, uh, like Harvey and recently Florence in North Carolina that are causing so much rain. And you were seeing greater impacts from climate change, not only in the United States, but around the world. And one of our best defense against, you know, the impacts of climate change is our forests. And hemp is not only a wonderful alternative health product, right, but it is also an alternative textile. It's an alternative building product. Franny, tell, you know, could you tell us a little bit about how hemp can play into protecting our forests by being an alternative building product and an alternative product than trees? This is what is great. And I also will say that I'm huge in collaborations, and I am not saying that hemp needs to replace everything. It needs to become an important, viable component in this. So one acre of hemp can produce more fiber than four acres of trees. No wildlife is hurt in the process. It's organically grown. And if you look at the time it takes to grow a tree, I'm a forester. That's what my degree is in. You're taking, talking 20 to 50 years to bring something to commercial product where hemp takes one season, one five-month season, four to five-month season, can produce what it takes 20 to 50 years, you know, in four acres. So there is some common sense to this, but it is also has to go all the way through down the line where our processing facilities, it is processed very different from timber, so we need new industry. Uh, we need, bottom line, we need more farmers growing this crop. It is legal to consume it in every state in this country. You can buy and consume CBD products, hemp products. Only 30 states have people growing it, and those are researchers in universities. Hello, follow the money. Only 11 of those 30 have farmers growing it. In order for that industry to be viable, we need to change policy and allow farmers to grow this. $820 million worth of hemp was imported. 
So it's fine to import it from China and yet our American farmers are not growing it. Hello, there's so much that seems this is what will reinvigorate our agricultural community. And when you wanna talk about cotton, oh gracious, I'm going down a rabbit hole, I'm a farmer. So one acre of hemp, at least two acres, produces as much as least two acres of cotton and uses half the water and half the pesticide use in this country is spent on cotton. Cotton only grows in the South. Hemp grows in every state. Yes, North Dakota, South Dakota, everywhere. Ding, ding, ding. Hello, <laughs> hemp is here. Hemp is here. So what do you think we can do, Franny and Dana, to uh, change people's perception? I mean, certainly doing uh, educational hemp X type of events, bringing people to the table, uh, voting for people who support it, but you talk about a grassroots, how can we, the public, get down to the grassroots to make this change happen? You know, um, what I think, what you've said, Franny, is so important because when we talk about agriculture and we talk about communities and the way that the landscape has changed across the United States, um, you know, sort of desolate communities, when you have something like Franny's Farm where it's bringing jobs, it's, bring, it's revitalizing economies across the United States, this potential, when I've toured with the Climate Listening Project and I've visited farms that have changed from sort of these monoculture pesticide, you know, farms where there's no real employees and even the towns are boarded up to farms like Will Harris's farm, White Oak Pastures down in Georgia, where he is has so many different species of animals and plants. And then I see here at Franny's Farms, these insectiaries, and you're welcoming in these these insects and these having all of these different species of plants in, in addition to the hemp. It's, it's good for the bees, it's good for the birds, it's good for the wildlife and the nature, and it's good for the climate as well. And so people can not only revitalize in these communities and see that you know, when, when the jobs are there, that's how you make change. When there's opportunity there, that's how you make change. But also people can come here, live here, stay here on Airbnb, and it's this whole agritourism, you know, new other opportunity to bring people to show them that America is beautiful. We can have beautiful landscapes, and it doesn't have to just be these dead, this, you know, sort of dead agriculture or dead communities. What do you think, Franny? Wow. Um, I want to high-five you after that. <laughs> I get super fired up. I mean, hemp is here. And, you know, back to the question of what can we do? What can you do? Well, I have a question um, for you personally to answer. Do you eat? Do you wear clothes? Do you take any form of medication for pain, anxiety, sleep? You're the market. You are, you have to vote with your dollars. People, there are hemp clothes and they're awesome. I like, I mean, it blends amazing with other fabrics. Such a variety, there's jeans. Everybody loves blue jeans, okay? Hemp clothes, there is hemp foods. Everything creating the demand and voting with your dollars. We want to see this industry grow and everybody, that's how it, it spreads. Um, and we need to make it legal for our farmers to grow. Bottom line, it's got to change. Well, there's a. I was here not too long ago for Hemp History uh, Month. Was it year? What What was that? That was Hemp History Week, and I was super honored to be the featured farmer for Hemp History Week. And that's just because 
all I do is talk about him. I live it, breathe it, eat it, and I share it with everybody I know because I believe it will change the face of agriculture. And I'm a farmer. I want to see all these farms that could we could lose them in this generation, their children and their grandchildren motivated to go back to farming where it's a viable profession again. You know, we farmers, we're smart and innovative. Very risky. Very risky. Well, when you talk about the climate, you talk about sustainability, being able to keep our uh, this industry moving forward, it is going to be so important for people to get involved and to go to workshops, to go to seminars like HempEx. And Franny, tell us a little bit... It, there must be a subculture going on right now where people can get more information, not just by Googling what is hemp, but by going to seminars and educational um, components that can help educate. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, my, my favorite and best resources are always the ones that are not selling something at the end. So that are networking informational. And so there's some of the best resources if you're wanting to get involved in the industry and know more as an artisan or as a farmer and you're a female, check out Women in Hemp, nonprofit. If you're the political activist, go to Vote Hemp. They will keep you up to date with what is going on in every single state across the country. You can vote for other states and sign petitions. It's easy. And if you need to know more resources and information about all the different disease states and what and how the endocannabinoid system works, there's CBD, a patient's guide to medical cannabis healing without the high, and there's the Cannabis Health Index. These are the most reliable resources. Um, Franny's Farm and Franny's Pharmacy also has got information on our website and tutorials and videos, but there's a lot of ways to get involved. And do Google it, but Google it where you're buying something at the end point. Go buy something. <laughs> well, vote with your money. That's what you're yeah. saying. You know, and we are the market, and it's what the market will bear. So I'm here to tell you from speaking of travel that wherever you are, whatever state you're in, find out what's going on. Find the farmers that are in that area. Contact them. Go visit them. Buy hemp clothes. Put hemp in. I use that hemp seed in my cereal every morning. Yeah. Love it. Great fiber. Right. <laughs> Great fiber indeed. Well, Dana, anything you want to close with here on, on the environment, on climate, on hemp? I just think it's wonderful what you're doing, Franny, and I'm so excited to see, you know, women farmers leading the way to you know, a climate hopeful future and just a, a hopeful future in general. So thank you. And thank you, because it's not me, it's what we are doing. We have got just a portal of amazing energy going on, and this is all people in business that are collaborating to bring it, this product into the mainstream. Super amazing. What's your website? It is frannysfarm.com, and that's Franny with a Y. And we also have Franny's Pharmacy, and that is F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, Franny's Pharmacy, because we grow hemp, and then we take that all the way into our product line to customers. And you have a storefront now, too. Tell us about that. We do. We have a storefront in downtown Asheville on Merriman. We also have online sales, 
And Franny's Farm is also a place where you can come and meet our growers that live here and see how we do that even small scale to show people this is a viable small scale agricultural crop. It's awesome. Well, thank you, Dana. Thank you so much for being here. And tell us your website. ClimateListeningProject.org. Thank you. And thank you, Franny, for hosting HempX again and for all that you're doing for our community. And, you know, keep rocking it, girl. Thank you. Let's rock on. Rock on. (laughs)